So this morning, I'm going to share with you something a little bit different than I usually do. This is something I feel that, that God gave me a different way of sharing with you this morning. Before we go into it, let's pray. Heavenly Father, open our hearts to what you have for us, what your spirit has for us. Um, soften our hearts, open our ears. You said in your word, it's a grace for us to, to hear from you. It's a grace for us to have obedient hearts to follow after you. That everything is grace. And so we, we pray along with the writer of scripture that you would open the eyes of our hearts, that the eyes of our hearts would be enlightened so we might, might see you, hear you, connect with you deeply, and understand what you're calling us to during this very unique time in our church and very unique time in our world. In Jesus' name, amen. What if I told you? What if I told you this isn't just a break? that things would never be the same. How would that make you feel? Nervous? Depressed? Hopeless? Fearful? Maybe excited? Do you feel equipped to be a priest, to hold church services in your living room, whether by yourself or with other people? Do you know how to read the Bible and seek the Holy Spirit's empowerment and hear a timely word from God for yourself or for your family or friends? Can you pray and lead other people in prayer? Can you hear from God for yourself and for other people? Can you follow Jesus without the help you've relied on in the past? In short, can you help those in your household meet with God by the power of the Holy Spirit. How about those people in your neighborhood who you talk to from across the street these days as you go on your walks or grab your mail during these numbered days we're living through? Your neighbors who may not know just how much God loves them. Can you do those things? Absolutely. Yes, you can. What if I told you the church had changed? Not by her choice, but nonetheless. That change, as it often does in our lives, had come upon her. That she'd never be quite the same. That we don't know all of what that means yet, but that someday we will. Someday soon, perhaps. What if I told you that this time is like a chrysalis? That we are forming while scattered. That we are absent, but not in hiding. Not from each other or from God that we are growing, forming, being broken, and reformed from the inside out, like the potter with his clay. Not by our work, but by God's. Barely even our choice. A work that we might not be able to feel or see right now. That we are becoming something new. That we are all being changed. 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 58, talks about the ultimate change. The change that's coming. The change that will come for every person, whether they die or stay, or stay awake. In the paradox of God's kingdom on earth, this change is already here, yet not fully realized. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, 50, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit 
the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Isaiah 25.8 Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Hosea 13.14 The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You are changing. You can't see it. You can't smell it. You can't feel it or taste it. But God is doing a new work. We are all being changed during this time. On Sunday, March 8th, I said nothing. I didn't even really cross my mind. Maybe it, maybe it should have. On Tuesday, March 3rd, my friend who owns a business told me his plans and asked me about mine. My friend is an excellent leader in his business, but I had no plan. I didn't think I needed a plan. I wondered if that made me a bad leader. Aren't good leaders supposed to know and anticipate everything that could come down the road? You know, there I go, the voices in my head talking to me again. I wondered, am I a good leader? March 8th, I, I did not know that would be our final time together as a church, worshiping God in person for a time, for at least two months. Now it's looking like many more. Next week will be our second celebration of the Lord's table since this all went down. And I now use the bread in the cup to keep time to count the numbered days. Two Lord's Suppers by next week that we've been apart from each other. March 8th was an awesome Sunday. You know, Ben led us in worship with Dawn and Lynn and Mike and Luke and Steve ran sound and Derek ran the slides. We had uh, amazing ushers and greeters greeting every person that came in, helping people to get where they needed to go. There was just a friendly and gracious feel that morning, as, as is often the case here at New Life. We all ate bananas and Nutri-Grain bars and drank coffee and talked. My kids, as many of your kids do, begged for hot cocoa, the bane of my existence, which might not come back after we're all back together as a church. We made cocoa for them, and once again, they spilled it all over the floor, um, like usual, in the sanctuary. And this is kind of how it goes every week. As a church, we prayed together. We prayed for each other. We welcomed another church who came in and baptized their people uh, in conjunction with our church. We anticipated launching our new small groups through the God-soaked life, which is a vision that God's given me, which is still burning in my heart and yet to be realized. We looked forward to our big Western Roundup line dancing and chili contest event the following week, and it was all set. You know, Jen and Carrie and others had planned this event very well. It was all going to happen. Everything was, was set for this youth fundraiser, which was also a time for our neighbors to join us as a church and for us to love on our neighbors in our community. 
And really, I, I felt our hearts were just bursting with wanting to love and serve our community. I remember on March 8th, I spoke from God's Word on God's Word, the Bible, that though the Bible is complete, it is still living, it's still alive, like the wood of my mandolin, getting better with age and use, becoming richer with repetition as we read and sing the song of the Word of God. The Bible is the beginning of the story um, that we ourselves are caught up in and find ourselves. It's God's story of salvation and redemption that goes through history and includes us. That the Bible is completely useful, contains things that we need, and is, and is illuminated by God's Holy Spirit. On Sunday, March 8th, I did not know about sheltering in place. I did not know about social distancing or wearing homemade face masks. I did not know about toilet paper and hand sanitizer and how valuable those things are. I didn't know how, the virus, how long the virus could survive on metal or fabric or cardboard. I did not know any of these things. And now I know more along with you than I ever have hoped or desired to. I did not know that on Sunday, March 8th, it would be our last time together for at least two months. I didn't know, but God did. God is a good leader. God knows and anticipates everything and always has a plan to work things for the good of those who love him and for his body, the church, a group of those who love him, according to Romans 8.28. Maybe if I had known on March 8th that it would be our last time together, I would have stayed a little bit longer with the body and lingered. Maybe I would have shook some more hands and given a few more hugs. Maybe I would have looked at a few more messy Sunday school projects and listened as the little ones explained to me what they'd learned that day. Maybe I would have asked Lloyd what he had learned in Jerome's adult Sunday school class. Maybe I would have asked Ben to lead a few more songs during corporate worship. Maybe I would have taken a moment to thank Dawn for the word that she, she shared during musical worship that day. Maybe we all could have held hands and prayed during the entire service time, our hearts entwined, in the Holy Spirit, and in unity in Christ. March 8th. Now when I walk into the sanctuary, being the sentimental kind of guy that I am, I haven't really cleaned up since March 8th, and I see the stage is littered with March 8th's worship set and music, uh, and seven weeks of maybes. Maybe we can still meet somehow. Maybe it will just be a few more weeks. Maybe we can flatten the curve and get back to what we do best. Maybe. But just like on March, March 8th, God knows and God is moving. The one who sits enthroned in a cloud of mystery, darkness, and unknowing loves us and is at work in us because his name is love. Just like on March 8th, God has a plan and is working it all out for our good and for his glory, both for us as individuals and for us as a church body at New Life Fellowship. Just like on March 8th, we need to crack open God's word and see his face. We need to be still, and we need to recognize that he is God. What if I told you this wasn't just a break that we're on, that things would never be the same? But this I do know. It isn't. 
and it can't be. God has something better for us. We do not know what to do or where to go at this point, but God does. So let me ask you, plead with you as your pastor. During this time, make a time to meet with God every day. In this time, first say to God, here I am, Romans 12.1, I offer myself to you as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing as my spiritual act of worship. And then just be still and know that he is God, like it says in Psalm 46.10. Even if you stink at being still, which most people do, especially in our context, just try it a little bit each day. Be still. Know that he is God. Offer yourself and be still. After five minutes of attempted stillness or stillness, begin to pray like I taught you to pray on February 9th. Praying to God is simple. It's all based on the Lord's Prayer. Praise God. Worship him for who he is and glorify him for what he's done. Petition God. Ask God for things. It's okay to ask God. He's a good father who wants to give his children what they need. And in the midst of praising and asking God for things, it might rise up in our heart a conviction for sin. And when we, when, we, when we think of a sin and are convicted for it, we simply confess it to Jesus. And if we confess with our mouth the sin to God, he forgives it. His forgiveness is as close as our next breath. So as you praise him, as you ask him, and conviction comes up, just confess that sin. God covers it with his blood, and you are walking in the light with Jesus again. So pray to God. Praise, petition, confess. Sing a simple worship song, even if your voice is terrible or you think it's terrible. Just affirm your love for God and worship him. You can even simply read a psalm of worship like Psalm 100 to close. And if you think you have it in you during this time, ask God for something. Ask him for wisdom, for a word, for an insight, and then wait in silence to see if he brings anything up in your spirit. It could be a Bible verse that you've read. It could be a feeling. It could be a reminder of something God has said to you before. Ask God to bless your enemies. Ask God for a word to share with a brother or sister in Christ that they may need to hear, and then text it to them or send it on Facebook Messenger or write it on a piece of paper and mail it to them. Why do I advise, why do I advise you to do these things as your pastor? Why do I plead with you to do these things? Because whether we meet again in person in two weeks or in two more months, or longer. Things are not going to be the same at New Life Fellowship, nor should they be. God has a plan. God is the potter, and the Holy Spirit is doing a new thing. We need to connect with God as individuals and households if we are to be in tune with God's plan as it rolls forward. And when we come together, again, as a church physically, we will find that we have changed and that the change is good. It's good because it's a change that comes from God. This time is a chrysalis for us as a church. Because apart from the Holy Spirit's empowerment, connection with God, we can accomplish nothing. I'm going to ask you to join me in worship as we call down God's mercies from heaven, as if we needed to beg him. Um, he's so good and so kind and so gracious to give us his gift. God will never deny a person with a contrite spirit and a broken heart who comes to him in sincere faith, seeking after Jesus. So we're going to join in, in, in musical worship, um, asking him for his mercies to fall from heaven, singing to the potter, 
and taking to heart Paul's advice in 1 Corinthians 15. Um, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Meeting with the Lord during this time is not in vain. Your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Pray. Get in the Word. And seek the work of the Holy Spirit. I pray that every heart would be encouraged this morning to connect with you, God, to become a priest or priestess unto God in their household. Put on our hearts to seek your face, God, during this time, to allow you to do the change in us so that we can be changed as a body and be moving in complete Congress with you in this time, in our world, in our church. In Jesus' name.